What's good, y'all? My name is Jonathan Dumas, and this is the Real Talk with Dumas podcast, where I have real conversations with the people I see every day because we don't know what we miss until we miss them. And y'all, I am excited for our guest this week. It is going to be a dope conversation, but wanted to share a few cool ways for you to support the show besides, you know, just listening. So number one, like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. It really helps folks discover the show. Number two, follow RTWD on IG at RTWD Podcast. Um, and number three, and which is the most important way, is to support RTWD um, financially. And you can do that two ways. The number one uh, way to do that is the Real Fam Patreon page where you could do a monthly donation and subscription where you get into different tiers and everything like that. And then the second way is just buying your boy a coffee. It's a one-time donation. You know, do like my grandma used to do and slide your boy $3, $6, $10, anytime you have it. Because I know sometimes our bank accounts don't work the way we want them to. Um, all right, now on to my guest. This week, I am joined by Tamara Jenkins. Tamara Jenkins is a holistic health and wellness coach and a newly published author of the Sustainable Vegan Cookbook, a plant-based lifestyle guide to live your best life. Tamara is also the founder of the Sustainable Vegan LLC, where she strives to spread the message that a sustainable lifestyle is achievable for anyone, no matter their situation or lifestyle. Tamara hopes for a culture where individuals are able to thrive and live healthy lives. Y'all, me and Tamara talk about, you know, living a vegan lifestyle, what sustainable vegan means, and her journey on writing this book. And I'm really, really excited to get into all of those things with her today. All right, y'all, here is Tamara. Tamara, hey, what's up? Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, I'm excited to have you on. I know when we first chatted um, a few weeks ago, um, you know, you had written this book. You reached out to me through Podmatch, and I'm like, "Yo, I'm excited! <laughs> I'm excited for this um, because, like, I know for me, I've been trying to like, uh, me and my partner have been trying to like change up our eating habits. You know, eating less meat, switching it up. You know, we live in Southern California, so it's a little bit easier to eat vegan because there's space spots all over the place. Um, so I'm curious for you, like. Well, hold on. Before I get into that, I see I got so excited I tried to jump, <laughs> jump into that question. Yo, but um, one of the things that I love to do is allow folks to introduce themselves. I, I read a little bit of your bio, but I would love for you to just introduce yourself to the the real fam. So, who is Tamara? Oh, that's such a loaded question because I always have a different answer every time. Yo, it's like good. It's all right. <laughs> yes. So I'm Tamara Jenkins, also known as Sustainable Vegan. Yes. I am a Sustainable Vegan. I'm very authentic too. So like what my business is, is who I am. So like I'm a health mm. and wellness coach. So my lifestyle really is health and wellness. I feel like if you were to see me walking down the street, you'll be like, oh yeah, that's that's Tamara. There she is. Yeah. <laughs> 28. Um, I'm a health and wellness coach. I'm an EMT. I'm a personal trainer. Oh, I'm now an author. I keep forgetting. This Come on. Thing. Don't forget that. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a newly published author. And as you know, I'm a vegan. Yes. Um, I have multiple sclerosis mm. and, um, that was actually the push for me to be vegan. So, oh, wow. Okay. Here I am spreading the message, being an advocate. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel that. I feel oh, that. Uh, 
And I love Megan Thee Stallion. I feel like I should always say that. <laughs> Let's get it. Yes, yes, yes. We are uh, Megan Thee Stallion stands on here. Um, but the uh, that's that's what's up. See, like I love like talking to you, and I've said this before, multi hyphenates, because like conversations can go anywhere. And there's a reason why you know we just don't stay in one lane because we are just like these gosh beings that like have you know all kinds of different things we're constantly evolving and like learning and growing and so yeah it's all right we you're not just an author you are a wellness and fitness coach emt you know vegan all these different things and identity so i i love it i absolutely love that um yeah so okay so you had already mentioned that that's kind of like your intro into um veganism is um uh, multiple sclerosis, correct? Did I pronounce mm-hmm. it right? MS or multiple sclerosis is a disease in which the immune system eats away at the protective covering of the nerves. So this results in nerve damage, disrupting the communication between the brain and the body and can cause many different symptoms, including vision loss, like Tamara experienced pain, fatigue, and impaired coordination. Overall, it's pretty rare. And in a 2013 study found that on average, four to 5% of of discovered cases have been found in children. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. Like kind of like, you know, how has that transition been for you? Like, when did you find that out? Kind of like talk me through your journey. Uh, okay, if you so feel I'm, open, I mean, obviously. No, I'm so open about okay. this. Okay. <laughs> so I was diagnosed when I was 14, but it was so embarrassing. Like I had mm. just started high school and like before high school, I was like watching the grass and I was like, I'm going to be that girl in high school. Like that's going to be mm-hmm. me. And I was in homeroom and I was watching um, our morning announcements and I started losing vision in my right eye. And I was like, you know, I started blinking a lot. I was like, maybe I'm tired. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, no, I need to go to the nurse. So then I go to the nurse and she's like telling me, she's like, oh, I don't know what's going on. So now I'm like crying. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yo. <laughs> I'm like literally crying. Mm. I can't see out of one eye, but I know the tears are coming out of that eye. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my mom comes and I can tell she's like worried. Because like my mom, she's like a boss. Like even when she's worried, I can't tell. But like then I can tell she's worried. So now I'm crying even more because I'm like, this strong woman's crying. I'm crying. What's yes. going on? Like, am I about to lose an eye? Like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I'm getting driven to the hospital. And in the car, she's like, it's okay, honey. We can get you an eye patch. It's going to have glitter on it. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. Halfway to the hospital, I stopped crying because I'm like, all right. I didn't know then, but that was the attitude I always had. Like, all right, you're a boss chick. Like, anything that goes down, you're going to get through it, girl. So yes. I'm in the hospital. And this doctor tells me, like, oh, you're the youngest person with, um, actually, no, I skipped over. He's like, you may have Lyme disease. And I'm like, Lyme disease? Like, oh, my, oh my God. How does one get that? And I'm extra, too. So I'm, like, literally saying these things. And then later on, he's like, oh, yeah, you're the youngest person with multiple sclerosis. So I'm like, okay, at least we know what it is. But, like, mm. are y'all going to be able to help me? Or, like, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm at Hopkins, and I'm in the newly designed children's center so it's kind of cool there's like games in there and stuff but still like i only got one eye like yeah. this isn't distracting me from my one eye yeah um, <laughs> they're telling me i gotta be on all this medication i had all these procedures done and i read it out like i didn't get to go to high school like i got to go to junior prom and after that i was back in you know the hospital mm. so once i got the clear and everything was like 
okay quotes around okay I was just like okay I'm not living this lifestyle like I knew I was holistic but I didn't know as much at the time yeah I was like looking at like how can I naturally be okay and I Mm. came across this lady on YouTube called Fully Raw Christina I feel like if any vegans are like watching or listening to this they know who she is okay like she eats a raw vegan diet totally raw um and she had some situations going on health-wise with her. And she put her doctor on YouTube. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's all gone. And I was like, girl, spill the tea, you know. Like, like, give it to yeah. me. <laughs> I do this diet for like, I wouldn't even say it was two months. I really want to say it's a month, but I'll we'll slide with two. And I go to the hospital and I'm like, oh, Tamara, all your lesions, they're practically gone. And I'm like, bet, let's go. And then my mom was on the same path. And I'm like, that's my girl. She's like, we, we out of here. Like, y'all not test on her, nothing like that. And then I started working out and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling good. And something about me, if I'm feeling good, I'm spreading the message. So I yes. started on Instagram. People started asking me about it. And I was like, oh, okay, like, this is, this is a vibe. Let's yeah. go. And then here I am. And then I wrote a book and... Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I love that. I love that. And and that's one of the things that like has really switched my, like my mindset about like even veganism because like there's this stigma, right? Like, you know, why is black folks, black folks saying vegan? But like a stat I heard was that like the fastest growing population is actually black folks is like, it's like, um, and let's just be real, black black women. But like, um, but like, it's the fastest growing population in veganism. Like, a lot of black folks are becoming vegan. Um, and I'm like, it's just a stigma. Like, there's just like this thing where folks are saying that. And I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. Um, uh, maybe uh, actually, I haven't. I have thoughts. But um, you know, <laughs> and it always goes back to racism. Yo, so black folks be vegan too, y'all. And I found the stat that I was referencing here. So according to a Pew Research Center survey from 2016, 8% of black Americans are strict vegans or vegetarians at that time, compared to just 3% of the general population, which is actually a continued trend from a similar 2015 study done by the Vegetarian Resource Group. And furthermore, a 2020 poll by Gallup found that 31% of BIPOC Americans had reduced their meat consumption in the past year, compared to only 19% of white Americans. Who would have thunk it? But the, um, but the, but no, I, I, I feel like, you know, yo, like for me and, and my partner, we're trying to like switch up how we're eating. So every now and again, you know, like meatless days mm-hmm. or meatless dinners or something like that. And just like getting chickpea noodles and stuff like that, you know, just switching it up. You know what I'm saying? Um, she's from the Midwest. So it's really tough for yeah. her. I'm going to be all, be honest. Um, but like, for me, it's like something that we really are we're really trying to do. Like, where do you think that that stigma comes from with veganism? Like, how 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 do you even approach those conversations with people who are like, yo, like I ain't with that. <laughs> Gosh, I find that most of the hate comes from the carnists, the people who eat meat, and mm-hmm. I used to get so upset about this, like mm-hmm. so Max and like, dude, I'm just trying to vibe, like I'm feeling good. I'm trying to tell you what's up, you know. They just get so mad. I'm like, oh, this isn't nice, you know. So I now have a different viewpoint on life and how people are. And I think it's because they're not really educated about it. Or, Mm. and it might be both, 
I wasn't always vegan. Like, when I grew up, I was eating, like, meat. Like, your girl loved, like, chicken. She loved a hamburger, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. But then when I switched over, I was like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. So when people, like, talk to me and they're like, oh, you do this, I'm like, okay, maybe you just haven't tried it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'll give them facts. And then, honestly, they come over here and they're, like, smashing my vegan food. So I'm like, okay, it must <laughs> be, like, you just didn't know what was up. Like, yeah. I was listening to you and you're like, we eat chickpea noodles. And I'm like, oh, chickpea noodles are so gross. But I'm like, maybe I'm just not making them right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that. Um, also, I feel like there's negativity towards it in the black community because I don't know if this is super true, but from what I'm seeing, like, I don't see a lot of black vegan influencers. Mm-hmm. Like, they're out there, but they're more just like sharing it, but they're not like giving tips and everything like that and promoting it. So, <clears throat> that's another thing, too. Like, in my area, they're like, girl, you vegan? Like, what? That's so amazing. I'm just like, this is normal, but it's mm-hmm. not. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a yeah. lot. I haven't really pinpointed it. I'm just kind of like going with the flow, spreading the knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, and and that's the, honestly that's the best you can do because like they're again, like you said, they're they are out there, but it's just like it's not known as much. And like yeah. a lot of the time, I I you know the first the see the first place I heard like of veganism and all that other stuff was like you know rich white women who had like the the. And when it wasn't like openly available, right? Those who yeah. had like the means to like have a raw diet or organic diet or anything like that. Cause like, let's just be real to eat organically. It, it's like at the beginning, it was really expensive, but now it's like not as expensive anymore. What There's do you a lot mean? More huh? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, no, no, no. Like to buy organic vegetables compared to like the ones that are, are, are different. There's a price cost here, at least in California, there is. It's like a, it's like a, it's a price difference. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. But like, but like the, so like, I'm, so it really does turn you off of like, yo, I don't want to spend, you know, 10, 15 cents difference on like this organic thing compared to like the one that, you know, has all the hormones in it and everything like that. It really is like capitalism, but the, uh, (laughs) but, um, but like, but so like now it's like, all right you know, like for my health or anything like that. Like there's, there's different ways, which is why I'm talking to you now um, uh, of, of the sustainable vegan and like getting rid of those myths. Cause that might be a myth, a misconception based off of your reaction. So tell me, tell me where, tell me where that reaction came from. Cause now oh. I'm curious, you know, maybe that's a misconception that I got. <laughs> you know, we're still on the same page. Yeah. I was just like freaking out. So I'm like, it's still expensive. Like I tell my friends, like, <sighs> The sustainable lifestyle that I had, it took me a while to get here, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I always tell people, like, it may seem difficult, but once you find that, like, level of peace, you'll do anything to get it. So veganism mm-hmm. is my peace. It makes me feel good. But, yes, I do complain. Literally, every week or two weeks, I'm spending $300 on groceries. Okay, so. Okay. In a month, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what helps me spend this money, I'm like, oh, okay, it makes me feel good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel clean. My skin is good. Like. I'm able to like run more when I go to the gym. So yeah, I'm still with you. It's expensive. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm missing something there. <laughs> no, but I, but I would, I was just saying like in the beginning, it was like, I feel like it was just even more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so like now it's a little bit better. I mean, in Southern California, at least it's a little bit better, but like, um, or maybe I just like got better at searching. I don't know what it is, but anyways, like, 
it, it's still tough. Like I notice when I buy certain things, I'm like, grocery bills like fifty to seventy dollars more, fam. And it's yeah. just like tough. It's like tough, you know. Um, because like those chickpea like noodles, I really do like them. Um, but like if I got these other noodles, it's like a dollar, two dollar difference, bro. Like I got, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like that stuff adds up. And I'm kind of low-key, I'm frugal, you know. But um there's but you're right, there is like for your piece, there's certain things that like you will spend a little bit more on for your piece, um, if you have the means, obviously. Um, and that's one of the things, yeah, like what what's my list? I have a list of things that I spend more on that I like I do not compromise on. It's like food is one of the things because I'm I'm not a picky eater. I just have like a um all right, hold on. Side story, I'm gonna put a pin in that. So there so on our uh our honeymoon got canceled when we got married. And so mm-hmm. like a bunch of people gave us cash and we decided to like go to this restaurant. And uh went to this restaurant, it was like four dollar signs. I'm like, yo, like, you know, honeymoon, it's not our money. Boom, boom, boom. So um <laughs> We go to this restaurant. I buy a really expensive steak. It's like a hundred some odd dollars, whatever. Really, really expensive. Tell me why this thing was burnt. Like it was not good. I could have made something way better. And to this day, I bring it up. We've no. been married for five years. To, to this day. So like there's things that I like, I just know that like if I spend a lot of money on, I want it to be like good. And so like I just I just very picky that way. So going back to that list. so food is one of those so like groceries and stuff like that um like i'm willing to spend a little bit extra money um on experiences like i don't want like an experience to not be good so like i will spend a little bit more on like a concert or something like that because i love live music um and different things like um i don't care that much about convenience so like i will drive 30 minutes 40 minutes looking for a parking spot. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not paying you, you know, $10 or $30 for a parking spot just because it's a little convenient. I'll walk. Um, but those are like my top two things. There's one other one, but I can't remember at this at this moment. But yeah. Oh, hygiene products. I I will spend money on hygiene products because I, I care Damn. about my hygiene. Yeah. Yeah. What What is your list? Do you have a list? Obviously, food. <laughs> <laughs> the things that I... I have a list of things, but I also have a like routine too. I like this conversation because you were saying like um those are those things you can't compromise on. And yeah. that's actually like my mission statement. Like that's your sustainable lifestyle. Do you mm, understand? Mm. Those are the things that you can sustain in your life. Mm. It has to be sustainable. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has their own version of sustainable lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yours is at the time buying that hundred dollar steak, but you know now it's not something no more. Else. Yeah, not no more. <laughs> So for me, it's, um, I know it sounds so basic. I have to buy matcha powder. Like, I love a matcha. That's for me. I'll spend racks on the best matcha powder. Uh-huh. I'll spend some money on, um, I don't remember what the brand is, but there's this mouthwash that I get. That mm-hmm. is very expensive. It's like $11 for mouthwash. And they only give you oh. like a little bit, but it's like... Oh. It makes my breath smell bomb.com and I'm more confident talking to people. Yes, yes. Um, I'll spend more money on recyclable, compostable trash bags, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's yeah. my that's my I don't care. I'm buying it. You know what I yep. mean? Yeah. Um, yep. now I buy sustainable clothing, and unfortunately, sustainable clothing is very expensive. Very like, expensive, yo. Whew. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also wanted to touch on how, like, you were saying, like, maybe 
the pricing for food and stuff isn't different. It's just like you've done research. That's actually one of the things in my book. Um, mm-hmm. I talk about how to maintain a successful plant-based lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's just to like research where you can afford stuff, research where things are more ethical for you. Um, mm-hmm. Eat within season. That's mm. my favorite thing to talk about, eating within season. Because when you eat within season, things are cheaper, they taste better, and it's local. So it's like you're not really paying for things to be shipped over here, which is why it's yeah. cheaper. Do you get the cycle? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Can you break down the eating with season for folks? Because I feel like, you know, getting a mango year-round is kind of odd to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but can you break Can you break down, you know, what is eating with season? Like, and what is what are some, like, an examples of that, too? Okay, I'm better with examples. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I live in um, Maryland. Mm-hmm. So right now it's spring for us. So what's in season for us would be like, I think it's artichokes, spring onions, um, asparagus, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So because it's in season, it's going to grow a lot locally, which mm-hmm. means they can charge us for it cheaper because mm-hmm. it's here versus where if it's not in season, they have to charge more because they're getting it shipped here Got and it. stuff like that. And it's sustainable, obviously, to have it locally, but it's more sustainable to buy it locally because when you get it shipped here, you're using like gas and fumes are coming and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that's just not okay for the environment, not yeah. okay for us, not okay for our pockets because we pay them for that. You get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as for buying a mango year round, do you know what I'm saying? Like it's cheaper in your area because it's in season in your area. Mm-hmm. It's not cheap because it's not. And obviously you can tell when it tastes good and when it Yeah, does. yeah, yeah. You know when it's in season and when it's not. It's it's rough. Yeah. Which is why avocados cost racks, you know, and that's yes. really sad. Like yeah. avocados are bomb. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I feel you. And and you know, one of the things that I've started to try and think about um, in the last, like recently, like very recently, still so new in this um, and trying to be a little bit more sustainable um, is like all of the things that go behind our food, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we don't, in the US, like we don't grow a ton of food. We have to like import a ton. Um, but like, there are still like farmers here that we can support locally and like not having to buy like all this other stuff. And there's so much thought that we don't think about it. We just like buy our groceries, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's it. And we, we don't like think about like when we go into a grocery store, um, if we don't live in a food desert. All right, y'all. So food deserts, what is it? So a food desert can be described as a geographical area where residents access to affordable, healthy food options, especially fresh fruits and vegetables is restricted or non-existent due to the absence of grocery stores within convenient traveling distance. So even if a grocery store is within the city, if somebody doesn't have a car, they can't just go onto a bus or a trolley or anything like that or hop on a bike and bring all of those groceries back home. That makes it incredibly difficult. Now, I know I mentioned racism as a factor of food deserts, and it absolutely is, but we can't ignore class as a huge role in terms of access or opportunity to buy fresh fruits and vegetables. Studies have found that wealthy districts have three times as many supermarkets as poor ones do, that white neighborhoods contain an average of four times as many supermarkets as predominantly black ones do, and that grocery stores in African-American communities are usually smaller with less selection. Um, that like, it's just there and we're like, all right, we're going to put this in our, our grocery, our, our, our basket and like, that's it. But like, there's so much that happens behind each and every item that's on that shelf, in that basket. 
Um, and one of the things that we've actually tried to start, uh, we've started to do because there's a farmer's market near us is like go to a farmer's market for our, our, our veggies and everything like that. Cause it's like locally grown, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I mean, I think that's a benefit to me because we don't live in a food desert and literally we could just walk to the farmer's market in our neighborhood. Like it's not that far away. But like I, I recognize that there's not people that have that luxury. And so even going to a grocery store um, and kind of like understanding where that grocer or where, where that store is getting their produce, like that's something that you can actually like look up it, like online. You probably can, yeah. you can find it and just doing the research on that, which I'd never thought about doing. I don't even know what like a season, what what like stuff is in season in my area, like because oh, it would, it up. yeah, it it, it, w- it would be different, right? Like it wouldn't just be the same. <laughs> it would be different. Basically, mm-hmm. I'm in Southern California, you're in Maryland, so it would be different, probably. Yeah, I'm sure y'all have a lot too, and you yeah. can like talk to your farmers, like even for people who don't have access to a farmer's market close to you, mm-hmm. you can just take that one trip to a farmer's market and you can start talking to your farmers because they're like happy to talk to you. Like they love oh it. Yeah. Most of them are doing it for like, you know, just their passion. They're like, okay, like when you are healthy and peaceful, you just want to share it. So you get what yeah. I'm saying? So if you were to talk to them, let's say you just happen to get a ride to your farmer's market, but you don't live around there. If you mm-hmm. ask them, they will give you other farmers in your area that may not just go to farmer's market. They may just give it to the actual store, but because mm-hmm. they know a farmer, it's kind of like networking. They'll be like, oh, okay, well, you can just come to my farm and purchase it. Like there's always a way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. All right. So what, and one, one of your taglines is like, everybody can be sustainable. Like it doesn't matter your lifestyle, everything like that. Um, you can find a way. I'm curious, like, tell me more about that. Cause I, I feel like there's still some people out there when they think about like being a vegan or, or changing their lifestyle or even changing their, even like getting closer to veganism, not be jumping full on in. Right. Um, but like doing lifestyle changes when it comes to like food and like where they buy products and stuff like that. Like, you know, what, what would you say to them? Like about like, you could do it at any time, any lifestyle, yada, yada, yada. Um, so many answers there. One of my things <laughs> that I tell people is like, life is so simple, you know, like, it really is like, you can control almost everything that you want to do in life. Like, obviously, we can't control the nature, but we can control whether we get rained on or not. You know what mm, I'm saying? Yeah. So a sustainable lifestyle is achievable for anyone. And no matter you are. So let's say me, I like to eat healthy apples, bananas, salads every day but it has been proven that you can thrive without that stuff just in moderation so let's say i have a friend who's like oh i like to eat salads apples but every now and then i like to eat i don't know a cheeseburger mm-hmm. she can still live a healthy lifestyle he can still live a healthy lifestyle but now it's like okay let's do it in moderation because that cheeseburger may not be great for that person's health but it may be great for their mental and what's connected to that cheeseburger like it may be mm-hmm. a nostalgic burger you want to be healthy on the plate but you also want to be healthy off the plate so Mm -hmm. on the plate is like what you eat off the plate is how's your mental so when you tie those together do you get what i'm saying anyone can have their sustainable lifestyle you just kind of got to be in tune with yourself Mm. know what works for you and what doesn't yeah and just like changing your relationship with food that's what i'm hearing with what um, what you're saying like you know it really it really can be um like, is that cheeseburger like the thing that's giving you absolutely everything you everything you want? Um, 
both mentally and physically, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and yeah. might not might not be physically, just mentally, but might not be physically, you know what I'm saying? And like, what can you do to like moderate those things and, and change the behavior? There's somebody I follow, um, uh, it's Sohi so Fit, I think that's how you pronounce it, on Instagram. And she's like, just changed how I've like thought about food, like both her and my, um, both myself and my partner follow her. She just like talks about food and, and working out and fitness differently. Just like, yo, listen, if you... If you want to have that cheeseburger, don't like guilt your guilt yourself out of like having that thing. Just like if it's gonna make you feel good right now, then then eat it. Just like moderation. What is your relationship yeah. with that food? Why are you having it behind it? You know what I'm saying? Um, and like if you still feel good, like go ahead and go for it. That's totally fine. Like I think there's this like shaming behind like food sometimes that like there's no room for like. I don't know. Like, what is the, what is the thing? So uh, hold on. Let me say this. Like I've always been uber thin all my life. And so like people have like this misconception that I could just eat anything and everything, um, which is not necessarily true because like I could literally have a heart attack if I just eat anything and everything. Like I have Mm -hmm. high blood pressure, hypertension in my family. Um, Multiple people have had heart attacks, different things like that. So I actually have to be very consciously aware of like what I'm putting in my body. Um, and everything like that. So like, so I, I think I say that with that in the back of my mind of like, yo, like when I look at food, like I also like take into account of like, yo, like I need to like moderate and have like a healthy relationship with this. And I don't want to feel guilted based off of like that health history in my life, um, of like, no, I can't have this, but like, what am I doing in other spheres of my life to like, make sure that I'm caring for myself well, so that that hypertension, high blood pressure, all those different things, heart disease doesn't like keep me from living the life that I want to live. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And so like, that's what like my mindset I'm trying to like have with like food and like, even like my journey on like gaining weight and gaining muscle and all that other stuff too. Um, Cause like, there's just so many things that like these weight gainers and all that stuff has just like terrible, terrible things <laughs> in them ton of sugar, all that stuff. So, um, yeah. How has like your relationship with food changed as like, you've gotten older, gotten deeper into like this vegan lifestyle and now it being like just a part of who you are and something that makes you happy. Um, it's changed. It's still changing. It's so Mm. crazy, but life is beautiful. Okay. (laughs) So when I started veganism, I really like kind of went hard and I was like, okay, well, what does this food do for this? And blase, blase. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until like, I'd say 2020 when I realized, oh, okay, you got this. Like if someone's asked me like, what's the benefit of such and such? I'll be like, oh, it has this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. And like with the big words, you know, the words that we can't pronounce. Like I yeah. said, <laughs> well, now it's more like, okay, my relationship with food is like, okay, well you need this, this, and this on your plate, like mm-hmm. at all times. Um, I feel as I can do that for myself and other people. Um, knowing food has allowed me to like grow food and like, know when it's doing well if that Mm. makes sense like Mm -hmm. knowing food has just changed my views on life it's so crazy but i hope if you know you know hashtag if you know you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) no that that's great um yeah and i think it's again going back to what i said earlier it's just like yo like we go into a grocery store and like we can just get anything and everything and just like, all right, I'm going to make this thing. And just like not thinking about it, you know what I'm saying? But like taking the extra time to like 
know your food it's just like it could change so many it could change so many things like when i um when i was younger i still love to like garden and stuff like that um but i have like a bunch of house plants but like when i was younger i like grew like you know the six seven foot like stalk of like corn you know what i'm saying and like grew mm-hmm. it from seed you know wow. what i'm saying and like had a few stalks and like my grandma it was at my grandma's house and she like took it and like made it and i'm like yo like i did that you know what I'm saying? And like knowing like the the time and patience um, and everything it took to like grow this like fruit that I was growing, fruit and vegetables that I was growing, it was like really cool. And to know like how that came about, I'm like, I've just like, I don't know. I've always like kept that in the back of my mind of like this appreciation for like vegetables, fruit, even like oh. me in a, in a way that's like, you know, you got to respect the process fam and like um, all these different things too. Um and like sometimes I forget of that when I go into a grocery store. Well, I want to feed off that because like knowing food and growing food has like changed my views on um, accomplishments. So it's like mm. when you were like, "Oh, I did that." Growing your own food just gives you like a new level of gratitude. Like, mm. oh, okay, like I did that. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Also, I wanted to add like knowing food has actually like helped me know my body. Mm. So. An example, like, I know if I don't get a lot of a certain food, then I might get acne. Mm. And instead of looking at acne now, like, oh, I'm so ugly or, like, my skin's not doing well, I now look at it like, okay, what is my body trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. And then once I think about that, I'm like, oh, my body's telling me, like, I need such and such food. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Oh, I love that point, too. Because, like, I think sometimes we are quick to – quick to like go to like uh these medications or acne creams or stuff like that and sometimes you might be stressed sometimes you're not drinking enough water sometimes you're not stretching sometimes you're not getting up and moving sometimes you are um yeah yeah there's i mean not eating eating the right things or different things like that and like i feel like we are in a society in, in the u.s so much that is like we're inundated with like medications all of the time. Like I'm watching like a series on Hulu and like, there's like 15 commercials on like different medications and they're listing out all the different things. And it's just like, yo bro, like maybe actually I need to just get out and get some sun, <laughs> like go for a walk. Like maybe actually that'll help me with like, you know, it, it's just like, it's, it it's like boggling to me. And I've had friends that are, um, they're not from the States and they'll come and they're like, bro, y'all like, are y'all okay? <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, are y'all good? Because, like, I have never seen so many, like, medication or, like, pill commercials ever, like, in my entire life. Um, because, like, there's, I mean, there's just, like, a, this reliance um, of Big Pharma, and I'm getting to that. But, like, just, like, listening to our bodies, like, how we're so quick to do, like, the quick remedy and not mm-hmm. willing to, like, take the time to, like, sit still, understanding what's going on with us. Is there you know, what, what do I need? And I, I, I just like, it just like blows my, it just blows my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I love that point that you had of like, yo, like I know that I need this more food. And if I have acne, maybe I'm not giving my body that or listening to my body of what it needs at that moment. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that is so mind blowing. Like even till this day, I'm like, okay, it's something I'll be open. I mm. have a fibroid right now. Do you know mm. what that is? Thyroid. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not the thyroid, it's a fibroid. So it's like oh. inflammation above your uterus. Oh, so yeah. It's just like, 
I am a very fit woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fit. And then one day I was like, oh my God, like I just looked pregnant all of a sudden. I was like, mm. I was like, what's going on? And I looked up online that um, fibroids are not something that people know how to like fix or whatever. It's either like surgery or medication. I was like, again, like the multiple sclerosis. I'm like, oh, no. no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> and I got this fibroid in 2020. And mm. I did start to think like, oh my God, I'm so ugly. Like what is going on? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, yeah. okay, what is the guy trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. And I sat in meditation and I ate, you know, a little cleaner. I did an elimination diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, this is related to me not eating well, but it was also related to stress. So I mm-hmm. kept it fibroid and I was still stressed. And I was stressed writing this book, honestly, because like, I don't know how to write a book. What? And then yeah. once my book was done, fibroid. Gone. <laughs> Yeah, like it's really amazing. Yo, so that what's wild too is like I just remember like so the reason why I've got I I got into like mindfulness, um, like meditation, all that stuff was because like I started having panic attacks because like I was just like so stressed and I didn't realize like how anxious I was and like low-key depressed I was and everything like that. And it happened probably like the first panic attack literally happened at a party. Like I was at a party and like I couldn't breathe. And so I went outside and then I had a full blown panic attack. Um, wild. So the, um, so what I didn't realize is again, like I was saying, like how stressed and anxious I was, but until like, when I started like reading and writing and going on walks by myself and spending time alone and breathing, meditating, like, I just noticed that like my body started to feel better. Um, mm-hmm. that I started feeling like less like sore and tight. Um, mm-hmm. and like I had like a, I discovered I had, in that time too, I had a heart murmur, um, but it was like an incredibly anxious time. So like all of that was happening all at the same time. Um, but like, I've noticed for myself, like that was the moment where I know like, okay, uh, like anxiety and anxiousness, all those things are like really real. I'm just paying attention to them. I feel like we just like, uh, for me, I'll say for me, like, I just feel like sometimes I'm like not kind enough to myself to recognize and listen to my body. You know what I'm saying? Like to to bring a long point to connect to what you were saying, like I'm not kind enough to like provide myself the space to like be and understand like there could be something else going on and I don't need like, there is a time and a place for medication, but like not every time like I need medication to like feel better, feel good. Um, Sometimes I just need to get outside, be in nature, um, get a good exercise in eat better. <laughs> like, like I've, I spent two weeks eating like terribly, um, and not really like paying attention to that. So long answer, short, short, long, long, long grueling point to get to like, yo, like just like kindness can, and, and, and patience and stillness can really like do wonders for us. And I don't think that we, as a society, give our, ourselves enough space to do that. We don't. Yeah. And I was like, thank you for being open. I love when people are open. Yeah. Something I always tell like my clients or anyone that I know actually is like, be kind to yourself. That's like my number one health coaching thing that I tell mm. people is like, be kind to yourself. But I was also reading this book, which I recommend everyone read. Yeah. Too. It's called We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. And I use this in my coaching too. She was saying like, the words that you say matter. We all know this. But what she specifically said was like, but you can take but out of your vocabulary. Vocabulary. So let's say, um, I'll use an example. I'll be open. I was like, 
I need to write a book, but I don't have all the money right now. Mm-hmm. And when you say I don't have, and then you're like, but it kind of like defeats what you're saying. It's like, oh, well, I want to do this, but mm-hmm. it changed the word but to and. So it's now it's like, I want to write a book and I don't have all the money. When you put and, you're like, oh, okay, now it's just and. Oh, what's the solution? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Being solution oriented instead of like creating, providing an answer for why you're not going to do that thing. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah, I love that. I love that <laughs> mindset because it reminds me of something that somebody told me and said, uh, there's a must do list and a like to do list. And mm. like, when you, when you, just like you were saying, you frame it like, yo, I want to write a book, but I don't have any money. All right. Well, you just put writing a book on a like to do list and say, instead of saying like, I want to write a book and I don't have money. All right. So a must, you're putting that on a must do list. I'm going to find a way to get the money to write that daggone book. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so I, yeah, I even love that like kind of like mindset, it's mindset shift, mindset change mm-hmm. on how you're going to do this. Um, and speaking of like writing a book, like you are an author, um, this is amazing. See, I'm good at what I do. Uh, <laughs> what a transition, right? Um, uh, so like, yo, so you wrote a book. So tell me one, why you felt the need to write a book? Like why now? Like what, what brought this up for you to, to like put these thoughts and, and words on a page? So originally I was like, oh, I wrote a book for this reason. But while I was sitting in gratitude on a random morning, I was like, oh, I remember when I was younger, I was like four years old. Okay. Reading these books to like, I would write these um, stories down. Mm -hmm. And one day my mom, she brought me like an actual blank page book. And I just remember writing this whole story and reading it to my class. Four years old, young as crap. I think it was like a daycare type of thing, but whatever. Yeah, um, I was reading it to them. They were like, Tamara, we love your book. And then when like a certain time period of that class went around, it was Tamara reads her book. And I remember saying like, I'm going to write a book when I get older. And I was like, oh, that dream just went away. Mm-hmm. Then it came back and then I wrote the book and I was like, wow, here it is. But for health reasons, I wrote this book because when I took my health and wellness class, it was like very expensive, like thousands. Okay. And I was yeah. like, not fair. It shouldn't cost thousands of dollars for people to learn how to live yes. sustainably and healthy and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, well, I'll do um my six month program, but that's like four hundred and eighty dollars, which to some may not be a lot, but there's also to some it may be a lot just for mm-hmm. them to be healthy. So I was like, okay, I'll write a book. The book's like nineteen ninety nine paperback mm-hmm. and nine ninety nine for Kindle. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that seems to be affordable affordable in today's times. Yeah. So you get the basics of how to live a sustainable lifestyle. You get some of my health and wellness program, you get some recipes, you get to learn how to be a successful vegan, you know, yeah. there's Chins, juice, do-it-yourself do skincare recipes, all for $19.99. But I also wrote the book because I was like, well, I'm a self-learner, so I know when I want to learn something, I'll buy a book. So I just wanted my services to be very versatile. So Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. And like a, a book is honestly a, a great way to do that um, and to like have that as a go-to. Like I, 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 that's one of the things that like I've appreciated about like hard copy books like I just like hard copy books like I I I I need to hold on to it write notes in it like you know wield the daggone thing you know um and stuff like that so like I think like books are just such a a cool medium similar to like podcasts you could just you know 
get it and then like you'll get to it eventually like y'all you'll download this the episode and get to it eventually you know what i'm saying and be able to reread it re-listen to it all those different things so i i no, i love that and even like that reminds of what you said about like the story of of you're four years old you wrote that story and you said one day i'm gonna write a book it's just like i was talking i was having another conversation with somebody and we're talking about like these old like not old genes but like these childhood dreams that we have and like somewhere along the way, they get lost, forgotten, told we can't do them. And they just don't happen. And we just like let them go. They become like to do's, right? Yeah. Um, and like, I love how like you took this dream and you like brought it back, even on in the one of the worst years we've ever had in 2020, <laughs> when everybody thought it was going to be wonderful. Um, and like wrote this book and like, you know, I did my Googles and like, um, I, I saw some where you like shared um, on your Instagram, like how like you almost didn't finish the book and like you did and you like pushed through it and finished this daggone book. It's like incredible, to, incredible to see like you got a finished product and you a published author. I, I like to say. <laughs> Yo, so that's, that's super cool. That is really cool. What was like, what was the thing that you were like, yo, I need to finish this book. Like I need to finish this book. Um, I feel like I always have long answers. Um, no, I mean, I, girl, have you been listening to me? I've been <laughs> <laughs> so, while I was writing this book, all was going well. Like I thought I was so freaking healthy and I was like, oh, I'm not mentally healthy. Right. Mm. And, um, I was like, okay, well I'll just use my techniques while I'm writing the book. And it was like a big trans while I was writing this book, I was actually getting better because when I started writing the book, I was going through a domestic violence case. Like Mm. my roommate decided that he wanted to attack me. And I was like, shit, like, damn. Yeah. I had to pick up all my stuff, move, start my life all over. And like right before that happened, I had just left my ex fiance. So I'm like, girl, God, dog. Yeah. So I'm overwhelmed, scared, and stuff like that while writing, like, hey, you should just be really healthy and just be peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is a lot. And I was like having mental breakdowns. But mm-hmm. then like, while I was writing the book, I felt like, I sat in my power. So most people don't know, like the sustainable vegan is actually my higher self. Hmm. So when I come to people on Instagram and if I introduce myself as a sustainable vegan, I'm like really sitting in my power. If I Hmm. introduce myself like that and I'm telling you information, like this is gold, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I introduce myself as Tamara, I'm still like okay in my version of healthy, but it's just like I'm more confident as a sustainable vegan. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, um... While writing this book, I was, yeah, going through that. And that was really hard. But I was like, you know what? If I'm going through this and I can get over it, somebody else going through it can get over it too. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want this message to be so authentic that if it works for me, it's going to work for anybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That was my push. Everyone that, like, follows me and supports me and stuff, they were my push. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. You better. You better. (laughs) That's good. No, no, I appreciate you sharing that. And it's like, you know, um, when I think about like some of the things that are like, were birthed, like I'm even thinking about this podcast, you know what I'm saying? Like 2020 was like incredibly difficult. And I, I remember some of even the conversations that I've had um, uh, have been really hard, like super hard. Um, and like, I'm, I listen back cause I edit my own podcast. I'm like, yo, I don't know if I can put this out. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but it's like, it's like the people that like 
that respond or, or reach out or, or um, like, I mean, I've had people that I've met randomly and like, yo, I listen to your podcast, bro. Like, thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, um, it's just like, uh, it reminds you that like, it's worth it. And it reminds you of like, you're giving something to the world that is necessary and needed. Um, and it's encouraging, empowering for those who are like, see it, like catch it, like listen to it, read it. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, if nobody tells you, uh, I'll tell you that like the words that you're putting out in the world, energy that you're putting out in the world, the things that you're creating are so needed and so precious. And this thank you for the work um, that you put out and created because like it's so necessary and so needed. So thank you so much. And, you know, um, I think sometimes we go through things and like we're just like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But like. Um, but like you, um, you made it to the other side and you're still like, you know, recovering and and doing the work of, of getting to the, your higher self. But like, I just, I just want to say thank you so much for, Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, um, so, um, uh, so I've kept you long enough, but I wanted to just like give you an opportunity to, to just, where can people get, get in touch with you? Where can people find your book? Um, because by the time this is out, your book will be out. Um, so like, yo, where can, where can people cop that and, and be in touch with you and, and potentially even work with you? Oh, my first plug. This is great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, can buy, you can buy my book on the sustainablevegan.com. That is my website. Yes. You can buy it on Amazon. Yep. Um, it's actually the sustainable vegan cookbook. That's what you would search up um, okay. on Amazon. You can buy it in Barnes and Nobles after April 1st. Come on now. You in Barnes and Nobles? Let's go. Being in? Yo. Yes. Eventually in the future, you can find me at Target. Who is she? Wow. Um, And if you want to keep up for more tips and lifestyle habits and health and and wellness coach tips, you can um, follow me on Instagram at the Sustainable Vegan LLC. That's me. Yes. I love that. What a wonderful plug. Yo. Y'all cop that book. I'm definitely gonna buy it, pre-order it. Um, I'm a poor, I'm a, I'm gonna order it directly from you. Um, yeah, I just I I don't know. I don't know if it's a difference for you, but I'm just gonna order it directly from you. But uh, <laughs> uh, oh, amazing! All right, get a signed copy. Wow, wow. All right, so thank you so much, Tamara, for being on the show. I really, really appreciate you for for giving your time, your energy, your, telling us your journey, being so open with us. I know the real fam really appreciates it as well. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. This podcast was produced by myself, Jonathan Dumas. Additional production help by the incomparable Lindsay Dumas with music by the oh-so-talented Mr. Tony Deras. And don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. It really helps folks discover the show. Till next time, y'all. Peace. <laughs>